0: In today's episode of the Amon Wire Podcast.
1: I found that if I'm in good physical shape, I'm usually good in good spiritual shape. And if I'm off in one, I'm off in the other. And so I think you know the first thing is to realize, hey, I'm out of shape. I'm out of shape physically. And I'm out of shape spiritually, and then I need to realize there's go. It's it's a painful process to get in shape, so it, it's all about sort of looking in, recognizing there's a problem, and then having the willingness to do something about it to change.
0: Assalamu and welcome to the Iman Wire podcast. I'm Muhammad Salim from Iman Wire with Motassem uh, Altea from Al Institute, and uh, here to talk about. New Year's resolutions, I guess. Uh, it's a new year, 2017, right? It's that time. What of probably the biggest New Year's resolution is what? Everyone wants to get in shape. Get in shape, <laughs> lose weight. So yeah. talking about uh, exercise, because, um, you know, Muttasam, you, you know, it's a podcast where you can't see how really athletic and strong he is. No,
1: you know, I used, to, I used to be athletic and strong when I was younger. Actually, Salim, you know, I'll tell you something, which some people would know. If you go to my old community in upstate New York, and you asked him what I was like in 10th grade, they're going to tell you he was really
0: overweight. Uh-huh. So <laughs> Did you know me back then? So actually, this oh, is a no. very interesting thing. Oh, because, no. uh, you know, <laughs> when I was up there, the first time I ever heard about you okay. was because of a legendary workout that occurred. Oh, okay. With um, uh, another friend of yours whose name was Salim. Okay. You, you had some legendary workout with him, and you told a mutual friend of ours that, like, oh, I had this really, like, you know, tough workout you know, with Salim. And so our mutual friend, he came to me and he was like, yo, I heard you had like this crazy workout with Maltasim. And that was my first, you know, my first awareness of of you and like that you were like this, you know, this huge workout guy.
1: I Used to be. Well, still am, still try to be. But, you know, so for those of you that that don't know, Salim is talking about a community in uh, upstate New York, the ICCD, which stands for Salim. I know, you were the <laughs> one who <that> went there. <laughs> Islamic uh, center, center of the Capital, of the capital District. district. Yeah. And uh, that was right between, was it was, Lath- it was not Latham, that was a Schenectady, right? Mm-hmm. Was, that town, yeah. so that's, that's where we grew up. And subhanAllah, blessed as we were, that was a community of Sheikh Muhtar Muqarawi. And what was interesting... Is that, you know, Sheikh Mukhtar growing up used to emphasize getting in shape for a lot of the uncles mm-hmm. and the fathers. And it was really funny. Like, you know, you. you and he's in tremendous shape himself. Sheikh Mukhtar, masha'Allah, is in, was in tremendous shape and uh, he, he kept in tremendous shape. He would exercise regularly, even in, in upstate New York. And uh, he would try to get a lot of our uncles, our ammos and our, uh, you know, mammos to get moving. But
0: uh, I don't know if it worked. <laughs> <laughs> So it's interesting that you bring that up because uh, we're going to look at fitness a little bit differently today. Uh, we're going to talk about, you know, ways to motivate ourselves to to get fit, but uh, really we want to sort of, and it's I'm glad you mentioned Shane Wiltar because I, I think a lot of things we've learned from him tie into what we're going to, oh, yeah. you know, maybe talk about and reflect on today is how does, you know, both of, both of us, you know, we try to be fit, right? right. You know, um, and I, I think we, you know... We we talked about this offline. You know, um, certain you know exercise regimens and techniques. So I've learned a lot of things from you. Actually, you're one of my my role models. Oh, I look up to what you're doing in terms it. of your uh, um your, your fitness levels as well. So. Um, and I—I'll be honest. I sort of compete with you a little bit. Like, you I know? think, so, I like, think you know? you've
1: surpassed me now, Salim. <laughs> so if you can lift a certain amount of weight,
0: I want to make sure I can lift at least fifty percent of it. Uh, you're there. You're definitely there. I'm a father of four now. I've got back pain. <laughs> but you know, we, we can both um, attest that there's these spiritual truths right. that are inherent, basically, in the whole world. You know, our right. experience with 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 the world. And I find in my experience that in what I've learned in through fitness and through fitness training have taught me a lot about some of the, the, the spiritual path that we generally take as, as, as human beings.
1: Absolutely. And that's, you know, Slim, for me, working out uh, when I was younger and trying to continue in shape ties directly into my spiritual pursuits. Because, you know, what, what are the core elements of working out? Number one, you have to put in energy. You have to do work. Right. You gotta sweat, you gotta get uncomfortable, you have to experience pain. You know, when you're trying to do that last rep of that bicep curl, it really hurts. But if you don't experience that pain and if you don't push yourself, there won't be any any muscle growth. Right. So you always have to push yourself to get stronger, to put on more muscle, to get in shape. You gotta sweat, right? There needs to be effort. The other thing also, you know, with getting in shape is restraint. I'll give you an example of what I mean by restraint. So, uh, again, this upstate New York, and I was working out regularly, uh, and I was trying to, you know, get down, I think, to like 10% body fat or something like that. And, you know, my, my fat levels weren't budget. And so I found this trainer, this guy at the gym. I mean, he's in fantastic shape. So I went up to him. I'm like, I'm doing everything right. I'm working out regularly. I'm eating right, but I'm just not getting getting in shape. Something is wrong with the gym or the the nutrients I'm eating. He's like, no, there's something wrong with you. I said, what do you mean? He goes, okay, I want you to write down for me everything that you eat and all the workouts that you do. He said, do this for three weeks. So I did it, you know, religiously, I would write down everything I ate, you know, all the workouts I did. So then we met, I remember once at a diner outside of the Gold's Gym. And so I I gave him uh, my sheet and he looked at it and he said, oh, here's the problem. I'm like, what is that? He's like, you're eating double the amount of food you should be eating, right? So there's this concept of having to restrain yourself. Right. Like, you yeah. know, I shouldn't have a double portion of baked potato. So all of that ties right into the spiritual realm, right? So if you want to get spiritually in shape, there's a science to it, just like there's a physical science to getting into physical shape. And part of that science is that you have to put in spiritual work. You have to act Mm -hmm. Allah says, do act, O family of David, by giving thanks So I have to uh, put in the time to read the Quran I have to put in the time to contemplate over God's creation I have to spend time in prayer upon the Prophet On top of that, I have to restrain myself Right? I have to lessen the amount of Netflix I binge on Or HBO, or the shows or all this other stuff, so it, it ties
0: one hundred percent together. Even from a time perspective, right? If you're, it's not only you know uh, disciplining your diet, you know, but it's also disciplining how you use your time because all of us are busy. I mean, you know, you have kids. You know, we're working full time. Yeah. It you there's there's a time investment that needs to be made if you really want to get fit, and it's and what you find is that it, once you get into a certain And when I say like a sweet spot in terms of how you realize how to use your time to set apart each day or every other day or however frequent you want to exercise and you, and you realize that, okay, well, I'll have to kind of maybe cut this thing down. Like you were saying, say Netflix, you know, or cut some other thing down, or you may have to like combine certain things. Like, you know, I'll be honest with you. Like when I, when I, uh, you know, I usually exercise at home and it's actually my time to spend with the kids and they actually love it because they come and. They they sort of come down and uh, right. with me and they sort of sort of do some sort of exercises too, but um, it, it's a way of also for me spending time with them. They also enjoy as well. I could have spent that time, you know, just sitting around uh, mm. watching TV or something like that. Um, so it really, it, from a spiritual point of view, it, it's again reinforcing to me that like how you how are you going to use your time in in, in your day. You know, I was
1: once with uh, Sheikh Muhammad al-Akubi, may Allah uh, And he told me, he said that when he was growing up in Damascus, uh, his father would make him write out a schedule of what he was doing uh, to fifteen-minute increments. Oh wow! Now, now, when I heard that, yeah, I was like, oh, right. I'm like, that's crazy. But now looking back <laughs> at it, but yeah. now looking back at it, it's management of time, yeah. and it produced this amazing scholar and man of Allah that he is. So it's all about time management. It's like, it's like you said, look, I have four children. I have a full-time job. I, by Allah's rahmah, uh, help run Al-Medina Institute, uh, deal with a lot of things in my community. I've got my mother that lives down the street, my sister, my you know, her children who I love dearly. So I have to find out what's important to me and then build spots of time where this is what we're doing. So, for example, like you said, with the children. So when it comes time to working out, I bring the kids downstairs and there's a half an hour period where we're all working out together, and they love it. They're jumping up and down. They're jumping on each other. Yeah, they're it's jumping a, it's on a me. great way of yeah to connect with uh, your kids. I it's family it bonding time. Way. And yeah. then on top of that, what I do is because I always I always tell my kids that look, you have to feed your heart and you have to feed your body. So as concerned you are about eating your everything bagel in the morning, your heart needs its food, and its food is the remembrance of Allah. So when I get them to do that exercise, that half an hour exercise, and they really jump up and down for 15 minutes with me the rest of the time. They're just sitting on the floor Mm -hmm. watching. I also make sure that we have that time of the dhikr of Allah together. So we say, okay, everyone, as a family unit, we're doing this. 20 minutes, we're all going to sit down. Uh, Muhammad, you're going to read Quran. Ali, I want you to sit and do the dhikr of La ilaha illallah. Hassan, he's too young. He just picks up like a dhikr bead and swings it in the air. Ahmad Zain, he's you know, still three, four months. And my wife is there as well in the dhikr of Allah. And I'm in the dhikr of Allah. It's a beautiful feeling. And also the kids are growing up with this. And what I'm hoping is that uh, it it keeps me on task as well. It keeps me to a routine. Like they help me. Because, you know, Salim, I'm sure you know, like, if you're going one direction and your family's going another, it becomes this major challenge. So now we're all in the same direction. But these are things that the children are always going to remember. Oh, dad used to try to balance spiritual fitness and physical fitness.
0: Yeah, yeah. Along with that, in terms of, so, we, you know, we're talking about the discipline requires for, to get into an exercise program is setting the time, uh, you know, of your day, but it's also about the consistency. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I always think about, you know, that the the hadith of the Prophet oh, was so you know, so. talking about how the best deeds are the ones that should be done consistently. But one of the things that I've appreciated in, as especially as I've gotten older, is how really important the consistency is yeah. in both the physical realm and in the spiritual realm. Because you know, I'm I'm getting older. I know that when I when I, for example, if I take like a week off uh, my ex- usual exercise, you know, regimen, right? And I come back and I'm completely taking that whole week off and completely sedentary. It's like I had taken a year off, like yeah. maybe when I was like 20 or something, right? and the the and when i started really experiencing this and realizing how important it was to be consistent one of the things that that it reminds me of is you know when you're younger and say you um you do wrong you know you do you do a sin right when you're younger, you know, because of that state of where where you are in your life, it's it's it can be easier to bounce back. Right, but you're very resilient when you're younger, yeah. even spiritually resilient. You know, as you get older and the the new the sins keep on piling up, yeah. you know, and you're not going to that regular uh, diet of of vicar and asking Allah for forgiveness, that keeps on building and building, right? And so when you fall, when you get older, just like when I fall, like when I've gone off the you know gone off the cliff physically and I've, I've left it behind, when I fall, it's really hard for me to get yeah, back up. It's much absolutely. harder to get me to get back up than when I was younger, because I feel the weight of those those sins, those that forgetfulness, and that just that shows me again that just as physically, that spiritually, I have to really come back to that regular diet of remembering Allah, asking for forgiveness, just as the same way that I have to maintain that consistency in how I physically exercise.
1: You, you know, Salim, it, subhanAllah, this is such an interesting conversation, because one thing about... I know, about, let's talk about myself, right? One thing about myself when I first got into um, physical shape is I would look at these magazines like Muscle Media 2000 or the Bill yeah. Phillips, <laughs> you, yeah. know, you remember this stuff, and, and now people go to like T Nation and whatnot, and I used to see these guys, and they'd put out these programs like, get in fantastic shape in three months. And so, you know, you, as a human, you just want the results really fast, I just want to get it, you know, okay, if I go to the gym for three months, it's all I got to do is 90 days, and then all of a sudden you promised me I'm going to have a six-pack, and then you do that, and you realize, well, you've gotten in better shape, but you haven't gotten into that shape that you're seeing on the cover of that muscle magazine, so it starts to it play with you, and so, you, you know, when it comes to, cons- I'll tell you the story, subhanAllah, so, Sheikh Muhammad Amin Ir, ta'ala, this man, he was the teacher of Sheikh Mukhtar Mughrawi, and I remember many years ago, Sheikh Mukhtar, may Allah, he told me, he's "Like you have to meet Sheikh Muhammad Amin Ir." He said, uh, "Just come visit him one day." And the Sheikh happened to be visiting Sheikh Mukhtar in upstate New York, and I remember being in Sheikh Mukhtar's living room, and there walks in Sheikh Muhammad Amin Ir. He's about a hundred years old, a Turkish scholar, saintly figure, no doubt. And I remember this like ocean of peace just entered the room, like spiritual peace. And I was in awe by this man. He he wasn't big in terms of his physical stature. I was much taller than him. Sheikh Muhammad rahimahullah, might have been 95 pounds, really, subhanAllah. But I was just, I cowered to this man when he walked in. And I fell in love with him. I said, this man is so beautiful, this walking saintly figure. I want to go spend some time with him in Ankara because I'm sure that he has some sort of spiritual secret that he must be doing over there that will get me these results a lot quicker than what I'm doing. So Salim, I went to Ankara and the sheikh, this was before he passed away, was very uh, kind and allowed me to stay in his home for three days. So I observed him for those three days and I didn't find anything out of the ordinary. But you know what I did find? I did find a man that was consistent in all of his spiritual acts, adhering to the sunnah of the Prophet He prayed all the sunnahs. He used the miswak. He took his time. He fasted Mondays. He fasted Thursdays, Uh, after Fajr, the praiseworthy time of reading the Qur'an until the sun rises. Every single day the Shaykh was doing that. He was doing his dhikr at the time that he should be doing his dhikr. He was just consistent. And then I realized he must have been consistent his whole life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The secret is in plain sight. It's just consistency. And over time, it just results in this beautiful spiritual human being adhering to the Sunnah of the Messenger of God, alayhi salam, and that is spiritual beauty. And you know, when it comes to getting in shape, it's the same thing. Yeah. Just be consistent. You know, you don't have to do it every single day you can set it up where you can work out 3 days a week. It's very hard to work out Monday through Friday. Well, okay, take one day, take a Wednesday and then add Saturday and Sunday. It's usually when we have some more time. So there's
0: ways to do it, but it's all in the consistency. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, so we're talking about a well, little about dis- being disciplined in time, uh talking about the consistency. Yeah. What about say intensity? Yeah. In the actual whatever exercise you're doing whether it's, you know, cardio, running, whatever. Anything that have have you learned about the intensity of your workouts that has affected how you perceive things in the spiritual realm?
1: Yeah, I mean, subhanAllah, it's it's a really interesting uh, uh, question because I think definitely the answer is yes. Um, I sometimes what I've tried to do in the past, I've tried to really push myself to the limits to see what I could do in a week or two weeks of working out in terms of intensity. Uh, because I know that if I can push myself physically, I can push myself spiritually. So let's just take a hypothetical that I'm reading uh, 20 pages of the Quran every day. Or let's just say hypothetically, I'm reading 10 pages of the Quran every day. Um, If you consistently do that and you don't try to increase, you tell yourself the story that that's all I can do, and which is great. It's good that you're doing that, but you're not pushing yourself to your limits, your upper limits. And the only way you're going to find out what your limits are is either if you have a trainer pushing you or if you have a spiritual mentor pushing you or you're able to push yourself. So, uh, you know, I've tried some workouts that were, you know, these 60-minute long, extremely... You know, intense sort of like football yeah. workouts. Well, or... you're the
0: one who you know who got who got me on asylum. Actually. Oh yeah, insanity. You know, is, and actually, yeah. I got onto that because you said it was so hard, and I was like, was well, so if hard. he thinks it's hard, then I'm gonna have to do it. Then and, and what did you find? It was hard, but it, I loved it. I loved it. I mean, I still, I still do it. Um, I still do it. But yeah. you, you sort of motivated me because you had told me, like, you know, this is intense. Yeah, and what's that. beauty about?
1: What's beautiful about the, uh, when you do these sort of programs is the motivation, you know, once you, for example, are able to fit into a pair of pants that you weren't able to fit into a month before that, or when you, you know, notice that your shirts are, are fitting in a, in a looser fashion, the results become the motivation. Mm-hmm. So in the spiritual realm... Uh, you know, there's been this dichotomy of what are the results we're looking for. And it's really interesting. Imam al-Ghazali talks about this. He says, look, if you're looking for dreams of the saints and and uh, the enbyat, the prophets, and you're going to uh, tie spiritual results to dreams, he's like, everyone sees dreams, right? He's like, it's not about the dreams, right? What it's about, spiritual results, are a change in the heart where your heart becomes beautified, i.e., for example... Uh, I'm a person who's quickly prone to anger. And then all of a sudden I see that I don't get as angry as fast. That's a change in the spiritual realm. Uh, If I'm a person who thinks ill of others uh, and that suddenly my heart starts to change and I don't have that feeling towards people anymore, that's where you're getting in better spiritual shape. Because now what's happening is as the heart is starting to cleanse, as it's starting to lose its love handles. Let's just call it right the the fat around the heart. You're coming closer to prophetic characteristics, and that's the sort of change that we want. And the Prophet Sallallahu was always pushing himself in the spiritual sense, and we got to do the same thing.
0: You know, one of the things that I, uh, I think, appreciated in terms of the intensity of uh, exercise and, uh, you know, actually, I, I, just before I say that, I, I, one of the things I learned from you when you're doing, say, if you're, if you're lifting, you're doing certain reps, you know, is you just do, mm. like, liquor with your reps. So each one's like, subhanAllah, alhamdulillah, you yeah. know, you do, like, more, you know, one, two, three, four. And actually, uh, you know, but when I did that, it also, it also reminds me of another thing, which is that my utter dependence yeah. on Allah subhanahu yeah, wa ta'ala that everything is only by Him yeah. because when you really put yourself to the limits physically mm. you know sometimes you're gonna you're gonna do some like really heavy lift that you've never like a weight you've never done before right. and especially as you know as we're older now some, sometimes you're just like you know, please, Allah, like, just don't like, don't my <laughs> spine break or like my muscles tear from my bones. Like, right. I'm just gonna try to. Do, I'm trying to do this only by you know, it's all by you, but right. just just protect me, o Allah. Yeah. You know, it's just that sort of that reliance on Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala. and I think that what I it's a similar thing. What I appreciated in certain spiritual practices, a mentor, for example, or a sheikh was telling us to do certain. Uh, a certain ac- a spiritual activity, and it was rig- it was rigorous, right? right. Um, and it's not something just like for a few minutes. It's something that even for a few days, you know. I, I remember one time was I was just like I was just praying to all. I was just like, I'm so exhausted. And, you know, I can only, I can only come to your salah, like the salah, like by you. I'm totally, utterly, like, just broken. I cannot, I cannot do this. You know, and that's the similar feeling that, you know, that that I've experienced, you know, in in exercise. And isn't that a beautiful feeling? Yeah, it is. It is. It's just utter dependence. And it's, it's, it's painful, but you're in the sense that, you know, you're so just humbled. But it's 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 beautiful because you you really have that 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 really that concept of, yeah. of relying on Allah Subhanahu ta'ala.
1: Yeah, you know it's a beautiful point, Slim. And uh, also, just one thing as you're saying this, I'm um, thinking of like uh, like that asylum program, right? Part of, <laughs> part of that asylum program is jump roping, mm-hmm. right? So I didn't know how to jump rope, and so I said, "Huh, I'm going to learn bi by Allah's grace how to jump rope." And so it took me a lot of time. So what it teaches you is if you push yourself, you can learn new things, right? And you apply that also to the spiritual realm. You push yourself, and Allah by His grace will teach you these things, and and you know you'll become closer to Him. So you know they're definitely they're both a science. You yeah, know, I've had a lot of discussions with Sheikh um, Maghrawi regarding regarding this about the science. Of getting in physical shape and the science of getting in spiritual shape. And so getting in shape spiritually is a science. Uh, everyone can do it and everyone can get into but by-, by the grace of God their peak spiritual shape and their own peak physical shape.
0: Right. You know. And there may be there may be variabilities. Like Absolutely. That. And I think uh, you know, just as in you know how we connect with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, um, yes, there are central Tenets of it, you know, like you know, as we're talking about in Zikr and and saying uh, Salawat and the Prophet Sallallahu But you know, you know, everyone has different doors to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, and I think this is one of the mistakes that a lot of people do when they're choosing an exercise program. Right. You know, Asylum is not going to work for a lot of people. Just to, as yeah. if I was, you were ask me, I hate running, right? Because I, 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 my feet just can't handle it, right? But you know, I, I like doing other activities, right? right? Other people, running is everything that they do, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's their way of connecting. You know, it's a great way to connect with nature outside. It's refreshing. It gets them fit. That's their door. You know, my door is something different. Your door is something different. And the biggest mistake is try to force uh, on people, both from a physical point of view as well as a spiritual point of view, that like this is the only way, you know, the only possible way. And just as a related point, I think one thing also that in how we approach Approach fitness or as well as sports, for example. Right. You know, there's going to be a lot of haters. Yeah, there's going to be people or who are going to be like, you can't do this. Yeah, look at you, like this, this person. <laughs> we well, can't do. It. Look at you. You know, you're you're six. You're you're 50 years old. You're gonna get. You're gonna try to do that. Yeah. You're gonna try to like, you know squat that weight or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You just have to put them aside and yeah. just be like, you know, you can do this. And and I think sometimes we do that in the spiritual realm because we have this this arrogance about ourselves and we think we're so important that we think we tell someone like you know you're you're, you're 50 60 years old you're not going to be able to memorize Quran. Yeah. Forget about it. Yeah. You know just do something else. But how many people will we know who when they're much older than that they yeah. memorize the Quran. Setting yourselves goals and finding a program to get that goal. You know don't let anybody tell you that you can't do otherwise.
1: So let me tell you a funny story. So <laughs> when I first started giving Jum'ah khutbahs uh, I remember uh, there was a couple of people that were complaining about something I said. And somehow, you know, uh, the complaints got to my mother. And so she 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 sat me down one day. She said, son, let me tell you a story. She was There's this man, and he was traveling with his son. And they had a donkey, okay? And the father was riding on the donkey, and the son was walking by the donkey. And they passed by this village. And the villagers come out, and they say, oh, look at this old man. He's so mean. His son is walking while he's on the donkey. So the father hears that. He says, oh, my God, I must be like a terrible father. So he gets off the donkey. And he puts his son on the donkey and the father walks on the side of the donkey. And they continue on. They pass the next second village. People come out. They see the son on the donkey and the father's walking. And they said, what a terrible son. He's riding the donkey and his father's walking. So the father hears that. He says, oh, my goodness, you know, that's not good. So he decides, you know what, let me get on the donkey with my son. So the two of them get on the donkey. They continue on, they pass by a third village. Villagers come out, what do you think they say? Oh my goodness, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives them this donkey and look, they're overworking (laughs) it, (laughs) terrible people. (laughs) So he's like, oh, what do I do? You can't win. So they both got off the donkey and so they decided we're just going to walk to the side of the donkey and we'll just keep going. So they pass by the fourth village and the villagers come out and they say, oh, look at these fools. Allah gives them a donkey and they don't use the donkey, right? So you can't win. You don't listen to people. Just do what you need to do. And you, inshallah, can get to where you're looking to go, physically or spiritually.
0: One of the things I think I've also learned is this idea of accepting discomfort. Oh, yeah. Um, we don't like that. As I say, you know, getting comfortable, being uncomfortable. Um, and that, you know, that's part of, you know, what if you really, if you're exercising you're trying to get to a certain goal, yeah. if you're trying to lose, lose like, you lose, know, you lose your body fat or you're yeah. trying to get to a certain, um, level of how much you can lift or whatever it is. Yeah you will not get to that point unless you put yourself to uh, a level of discomfort. Yeah. And actually, you know, I, I can't remember the, the reference of this article, but I, I remember seeing it maybe last year. And I was actually discussing this this idea of how exercise, especially in this day and age, because, you know, back at the time of the Prophet's like, well, people weren't exercising. That was, the lifestyle was just, really, you know, but now in our day and age, we have to exercise. Uh, for many of us who are living in, you know, in relative comfort, mm-hmm. you know, financially or, uh, you know, we have houses over our heads. We don't have, you know, uh, you know, we're in relative ease, right? Yeah. And much of modern day living is based on ease. It's by on speed. You know, yep. we don't even have to go to the store anymore. We can just order stuff online. Yep. Everything is immediately given to us, um, and it's all about just making things easier, right? Yeah. And we're almost and to the point where we get we get spoiled. But when we go to exercise, it's different because you're just putting yourself through. A lot of discomfort, and that is, and this article was basically talking about how that is really important to your psychosocial uh, way of way of being, you know, because it's so important that we have to experience the difficulty uh, Mm -hmm. on on a consistent basis. Not not just give us perspective, but it's just healthy that way. And when I think about how how we are with our nefs, Mm -hmm. our lower self, you have to always counter it. You have to make it uncomfortable; otherwise, you're not going to be able to grow.
1: Yeah, you know, and I think the article you're referring to is one that our brother, uh, Dr. Mohammed Ghilan, had, had shared with us, and I remember that yeah, article. Yeah, that's right, Very it was, yeah. So, you know, I'll tell you this. Number one is each one of us, including myself, as I'm speaking here, and Salim and everyone that's listening, we need to realize that um, we can get in much better physical and spiritual shape than we're in right now, and we're not perfect. We've got some problems. And so I think, you know, the first thing is to realize, hey, I'm out of shape. I'm out of shape physically. And I'm out of shape spiritually. And then I need to realize there's go, it's, it's a painful process to get in shape. There's no, I mean, that's just the reality, spiritually and physically. For example, you know, I need to learn what we call in Arabic adab or proper moral characteristics, right? And so if my teacher is correcting me when I did something wrong, what's usually the first reaction inside my heart that I want to do? I want to jump to this immense defense. No, I didn't do it, he did it and da, 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 right? So why? Because I want to defend myself. There's an ego inside of me that thinks that I didn't do anything wrong, that person did it. So it's very difficult to grab hold of that. Take the advice that's coming in, not respond and implement, right? Like okay, I'm going to listen. Maybe this individual is clearly seeing something that I'm not seeing right? And usually when you have people that are trained in a specific art, right? Or whether it's a spirituality or whether it's in physical fitness, their are years of experience. As soon as someone walks up to them, they can read them. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> they, they, they mm-hmm. see right through you. Right. And there's another story, I, you know, and, and I, I'm very open with these things, Salim, um, about my personal experiences, because I'll tell you what, I feel like a lot of people who are in my age bracket, uh, you know, are not always forthcoming with their own experiences because we want to maintain a particular image of ourselves. But one thing I learned from this great Moroccan sheikh, his name was Sheikh Ahmed ibn Ajiba, he wrote his own biography. And in that biography, he talks about what he was, what he had to go through, and what he turned into. And I was so thankful to him. Because usually when you read books of the great saints, you're reading the books when they're these great saints. They don't, not all of them talk about the painful process of getting there and they don't talk about what they were like before they got there. So Sidi Ahmed ibn Ajiba, may Allah have mercy on him, he actually talked about all that. He said, hey, this is what I was like, this is what I had to go through and this is what I turned into. And he makes a comment, for example, Salim, he says that no one will attain the state of sainthood or, you know, someone being close to God unless you go through the painful process of waging war against your own desires. And then he starts to describe that. So that meeting with Sheikh Muhammad Amin al-Rahimahullah was in Sheikh Muqtar's home. And, uh, you know, there were a lot of issues I had in my heart uh, inside that I just didn't know how to deal with. Um, but I knew that they needed to be dealt with. Uh, this is the the spiritual love handles, and they still need to be dealt with. So I, I asked Sheikh Muqtar because part of our, you know, our... our our, our characters, that we, you know, when we have elder sheikh there, and you have another elder teacher of yours, you ask the teacher to put the, the question forward. So I asked Sheikh Muqtar, Sheikh Muqtar, can you please say, can you ask Sheikh Muhammad what he says about a man who might have ill opinions of other people? I felt that that was something in my life at that time that I was sort of struggling with. So, Sheikh Mukhtar, uh, may Allah bless him, he asked Sheikh Muhammad Amin, Allah, this question. Now, if you know Sheikh Muhammad, he's very meek, beautiful, humble, always sort of sitting in silence, always in the dhikr of Allah. When the question was posed, he sort of lifted his head and he spoke very forcibly. And he said that this man has a disease in his heart that must be removed. And Sheikh Mukhtar, out of his just beautiful, Characteristics, he starts to say to him in Arabic, No, say da, oh, sheikh, he's a good, he's a good person. And I said, I said, Sheikh Mukhtar, I said, he's he's right. I need to hear that. I need to hear that, Matasim, you have a disease in your heart that needs fixing. Because if anyone said to me anything other than that at the time, like, oh, it's okay, don't worry about it, I would have never embarked on that journey, you okay. know? So it, it, it's all about sort of looking in recognizing there's a problem and then having the willingness to do something about it to change Uh, when it comes to getting in physical shape it's the same thing and that that might be when you try on those pants and they just don't fit or when someone makes a comment about your weight gain right 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 and you're so hurt by it and you want to respond to them or what if you don't respond take it in and be like you know what this is my opportunity to turn that anger into energy and get into physical shape.
0: Yeah, and, and along with that, I think one of the things that uh, we've we've heard from um, from Sheikh Mukhtar, why do we eat? What do we eat for? It's eating right. to uh, what did should say? To give us the energy right. to worship Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Right. Uh, fitness is the same way. If you really want to have the, the you know that that intention that yep. I'm doing this so I can be strong, so I can be healthy, so I can be doing salah. Uh, you know, as, as for long as I can without having to, you know. You know, have discomfort in, in doing those physical motions to Allah, so I have the stamina that when I'm going for hajj. You know, I, I I'm sure you know, like a lot of people, like before they go for hajj, they, they do this sort of training regimen. Yeah, they, they walk like a few miles a day for yep. like you know, you know, couples walking together just just to make get, make sure they're ready. Um, that really ultimately is uh, is you know why are we trying to be physically fit in the first place? It's yeah. it's honoring this amana. Yes, that Allah has been g- given us in our yeah. bodies, honoring that. To honor that is also to is to feed it. Uh, with the appropriate foods to uh, keep it physically, you know, um, uh, fit, so that we can continue our worship of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Oh. So it really goes to that most fundamental reason of why we're here in this world.
1: Yeah, and you know, the Prophet Sallallahu God bless him and send peace upon him. he was in perfect physical condition. I mean, he was beautiful physically, and he was in great physical fitness as well. And he he liked that his companions or in good shape. You know, he didn't like it if, if, if his companions were right, were, yeah. were out of shape. So it's also a sunnah to be in, mm-hmm. in good physical shape. You know, he said the 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 strong mu'min is more beloved to God than the weak believer, but there's there's good in both. Yeah, awesome. And what's beautiful about that saying of our beloved messenger, peace be upon him Slim, is that it's interpreted in two ways. Mm-hmm. It's interpreted as a strong believer physically
0: and the strong believer spiritually. In the same way you could say it like when the Quran talks about Musa, right? Right. And he's, he's, he's a Qawi, yeah. right? It, it's not just physical strength for his that job of, you know, of, of shepherding, right? right? But it's it's also that strength of character, the strength of his, you know, his personality.
1: Yeah. And I've realized, Slim, in my life, and this is not true for everyone, and maybe it might be in yours, it'd be an interesting question to ask you, and I'll ask you now. I found that if I'm in good physical shape, I'm usually good in good spiritual shape. And if I'm off in one, I'm off in the other.
0: Yeah, I think that's true. I think that's true. Especially, look, being on the path of physical fitness gives you energy. Yeah. It gives you this energy that I don't think anything else, can, you, know, you know, you're know, you not going to be able to take some miracle pill and you're going to feel like I have this no, energy. You know, that's awesome. going to gonna be, you know, maybe it's a stimulant and it just lasts for just a little bit of time, you know, drink a bunch of cups of coffee, right. you have energy. But um, I will tell you that my life was dramatically enhanced in, in every facet by um, really committing myself more towards a consistent regimen. Yeah. Um, And both physically and and I would also aspire that I can also do the same spiritually. And
1: and spiritually, it's absolutely true. I mean, the more spiritual work you do, the more energy you have to do more spiritual work. I mean, I remember, and some of the listeners will recall, when I was traveling with Sheikh Mohsin al-Najjar, I mean, this man. Oh, my. Allah. Right? I mean, he's just, I would describe him, he's, he's the walking dhikr of Allah, right? He's just constantly in dhikr of Allah. And on top of that, Sheikh Muhsin is very unique. Hafidahullah. may Allah bless this man for everything he's taught us in that. Mm-hmm. He's a man who's a lover of the Messenger of God, alayhi And he's a man who's always in prayer upon the Prophet, alayhi And
0: Salim, what would you say about this man's physical energy? When you first mentioned his name just now, the first thing that came to my mind was the Energizer Bunny, <laughs> but in a, in, a, in a spiritual sense, because he just keeps on going and going, going and going. going. Yeah. And and <coughs> I'm going to tell you another story about another uh, another a, a sheikh who's beloved to us, and that's Imam Zaid. Allah. Uh I was blessed uh, many years ago to um, go on the Rehla program okay. when it was in in um, in in the Haramain. And uh, we had visit, we went to visit a place outside of Medina where there's these beautiful volcanic tracks, which is an amazing story in its own and should be probably a subject of another uh, podcast. But um, there was a point where uh, it was, it, it was you know, it was, this is Arabia, obviously it's hot. And there was a point where we had to walk, we could have walked like, uh, I think it was maybe a mile uh, or there was a bus that's going to, you, know, you know, and a few of of the brothers, Imam Zaid was like, hey, let's run. Hmm. And, you know, some of us were just like, oh, okay, you know. Right. And um, so we started running. You know, most of the people stayed behind. They're going to take the bus. And again, this is like, to me, I was being like motivated by him because um, earlier in that, in that trip, he also used to make us do after, he do, used to give a class after Fudger. And he used to, um, after the class was over, he would, he, we would all do like calisthenics, like pushups and push-ups, stuff like okay. that. So I was already motivated by him because I'm like, you know, like, Mam's 8, you know, is an amazing shape, yeah, you know, yeah, uh, cool. but I'm, I'm motivated by him because I'm like saying, wow, if he can do this, I should be able to do it. So, so we're running, we go and run. It's like a mile. Okay. This is in like Arabia, like it's like I don't know, it was like eleven o'clock in the in the morning. It's still pretty warm. Then we get to the end and there's a few people here waiting for with water. And all of us are like, Oh my gosh, okay, right. oh my gosh. you know. And uh, like we just take the water. Right. Okay. And then someone gives a water to him. I'm gonna give a water to Mam Zaid. And what does he say? I'm fasting. <laughs> and man I have never been so Allah. just me like Allah. right yeah. I I was just like I was stunned amazed Allah. and that Allah. is if that's not a motivation Allah. to be physically and spiritually connected with your Lord I don't know Allah. what it is may Allah bless him and bless all Amen. our you uh for what they teach us in both realms no I mean so as we uh you know bring uh things to a close here uh to our earlier point about how we connect with spirituality and fitness um, in a very personal and unique way. Uh, you know, we've been sharing Muntasam and I. You've been, you and I, have been sharing our own reflections. So, as we close that out here, I want to share another reflection from another brother, uh, Dr. Salim Farouki, who is uh, an avid cyclist and a physician, and he's you know studied physiology and he's um, studied uh, the the science of endurance training. So, we're gonna play a little clip of him uh, talking about his reflections about endurance training and physiology and, and what that has taught him about uh, the spiritual path. So here it is.
2: If you look at someone who's exercising, what's happening to the body at different levels and how we equate that with how we go on with life. So I think it's very important when you embark upon something that involves Uh, aerobic activity or fitness that you have some way to quantify the stress that you're placing on your body. So there's two things that we use in endurance athletics to kind of measure that. One is heart rate. And the second, which is even more accurate is training with power. When you're training with heart rate, there's something different that happens to your body physiologically at low levels as compared to high levels. So now how are we going to divide this up? I'm going to tell you that there's different heart rate zones and at each zone something slightly different is happening to your body the stress that we place on our body is kind of the you know exogenous stress or the resistance or you know effort that you put in but the heart rate is the response to that right so these are divided into different zones and you can calculate them by using your percentage of maximum heart rate and then seeing what happens in those zones there's an aerobic zone which people call you know fat burning Then there's like a high aerobic zone where you're starting to use different fuel sources like carbohydrates. And then there's an anaerobic zone when, you know, oxygen consumption, you know, can't even take place because you're putting your body through so much stress. So the question is, how do we train at a level that's appropriate? And how is this tied into spirituality? So you hear a lot this. You know, statement that, uh, let's race to Jannah or let's race to doing good deeds and everything's a race, right? So it almost feels like, well, we're in work and people call that a rat race. And then, well, how's that a race? And then you're racing to Jannah at the same time. And well, here I'm, I'm a runner or I'm a cyclist. I'm going to race, you know, when I do my exercise. So, okay, great. Race to it. What would happen to an untrained athlete if you put him on a bike and you say, go race to the finish? What's he going to do? Naturally, he would go as hard as he can for as long as he can until you know he expires or can't do you know, any, any other effort. And that would lead him to a very short burst of a very high energy output state, after which point he would need to recover until he could do anything else. Right, Very similar to in life, if you get involved in something, even if your intentions are very good and the activity is very good, if you go at it with full gusto, without any proper training or you know, any kind of, you know, research beforehand, you just go full at it, you're going to get burnt out. So in my world, I would say, well, getting to Jannah and from that perspective is not necessarily a race because a race implies that there's winners and losers. And, you know, in spirituality, someone else's accomplishments does not detract from another person's. And so why can't we all be winners at the same time? The question is that are you maximizing your input to output ratio? Are you getting out as much as you possibly can with what you put into it? So let's talk in terms of cycling, which is what I am familiar with. There's something known as the lactate threshold. The lactate threshold is a certain heart rate. I, I can tell you today that at 168 beats per minute and below, I am generating more oxidative power than I am generating lactate. That means that no matter how much lactate my muscles produce, if my heart rate is below 168, I can eliminate it and still maintain that level of work for a long period of time, whether it's 20, 40, 60 minutes. Anything above 168, that's my lactate threshold. I am out producing lactate and I don't have the ability to clear it rapidly enough. Now it's just a matter of time at that point. It's gonna start to rise, 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 and I can't take it anymore, I'll have to slow down. Everyone has a threshold of how much hardship they can take. you can take that in multiple different ways, but we can withstand a certain amount of tribulation in our lives. Everyone has a certain threshold. So what is it when we see someone who is going out there and doing so much amazing work, difficult work, that if you tried to emulate that person, you would not have the capacity. You would not have the perseverance. You would not have the grit, for lack of a better term, to try and even embark upon something like that. Very similar to a highly accomplished athlete. You see what they do and you say, there's no way that I can do that. But the trick is that there is. So if you are an endurance athlete or a cyclist, you go on a very rigorous training program and you do exercise up to your ability or up to your threshold. When you're at your threshold, now that you know what that is, you would train in interval. You would overextend your body for short periods of time, and then you would stop, you would pull it back, and then you would be at a lower level for a longer period of time. And then again, you'd repeat the cycle. A Little bit over your threshold, pull it back, go back under your threshold. What's happening? You're training your body to be able to endure these periods of hardship so that when they come for real, that you can maintain that level of effort for long periods of time. For example, if I'm training at 225 watts, and I know that that is my threshold, I'm going to purposefully train for 30-second bursts at 275 watts. I know that I can't maintain that for more than 60 seconds, let's say, for example. And then I pull it back, and then I do more, and then I pull it back. What's going to happen after six to eight weeks? Now you'll realize that I can do 250 watts and I can maintain that for a much longer period of time than I ever could before. So if I know what my targets are, what my zones are, that threshold is going to raise higher and higher and higher. And you see that the people who are able to endure the most in life, a lot of times, they're not the people who started like that. It's through their life experiences that they've experienced hardship after hardship after hardship, and they become who they are because of their experiences. Raise your threshold, increase your tolerance for enduring hardships, and you'll see that you can become something that you never thought you could before. And that's just some very small tidbits that, that, you know, I was able to realize, you know, through, you know, endurance athletes like cycling
1: allah yes, there you go another another path to, to Allah through physical fitness yeah, and yeah. And and you know um,
0: and everybody everybody can uh will find their own way yeah, you absolutely. Know, everybody will find a way so I want to thank uh you Matassan for coming on on this uh uh, news resolution episode of uh, the Imanwire podcast. Uh, hopefully, uh, our listeners found some uh, uh, ways to motivate themselves. I'm surely motivated. We'll close here. Um, again, remember to subscribe to the uh, podcast. Um, leave a review on iTunes. Check out Imanwire.com for the latest articles and podcast episodes. And we'll um, see you next time. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu